actually will be interviewing as a team. You are the best movers on the planet. So, bro, what kind of muscles you have? No. Bro, what kind of patterns you have? We're here to fuck shit up. Yeah, I figured I'd hit record. So if we, if one of us says something epic, we can we can get it on the podcast. We we were headed down that path. We were talking about a farmer's market. So it's <laughs> about to get wild. <laughs> you know how many good things can come when, when the conversation starts with the farmer's market. Yeah. Well, actually, the last time. So I've been buying, like, I don't know if you've seen, like, some uniqueer stuff from a company, Hunter Cattle. Like, we bought tendons. Um, Beef, tendons, beef cheek, always bought liver from them. Uh, one other unique bone marrow, of course. One other kind of unique thing. What was it? I bought heart from them in the past, but I don't really like the taste of that. Okay. Uh, what do you, do you just saute that shit? The beef cheek slow roast, uh, the, the, the beef tendons. Caitlin made this bomb PHO. What is that? Pho or pho? Pho, oh, yeah. Good. And it was unbelievable. Like it was such a satiating dish. Like those things, you have to cook those things way down. Mm-hmm. Uh, get it in an instant pot, so it didn't take quite as long. But it was unbelievable. Like the the broth in it, you could as you were drinking it, you could feel like your stuff, your your skin just popping more. Like it just felt <laughs> like it was good for you. It was. Uh, it was I but. I've- I've had cheek a few times and it's like better than short rib. Like it's like the most tender. If you nail yeah. it, I feel like it's incredible. It's perfect for tacos. Just like a, a taco with just like chopped white onion, that on top, maybe mm-hmm. a little hot sauce or something. It, it, it hits for sure. Okay. But that, so that same company they had, I was like going through their coolers and I grabbed what I thought was a pack of ground beef, but it was dog food. <laughs> I, was, I was looking at the ingredients on it and I was like, holy shit, this looks awesome. Cause it's like, it's like that. I think that ground you've gotten before where it's oh, like liver it's heart. Like 80, it's like 80% beef, but then they throw in liver tendon, like mm-hmm. all the organ meats they grind up and put in there too. Okay. And I was like, I bet this is awesome for you. you guys should just sell this for humans. And yeah. the guy who was running the stand was like, yeah, I wish we could. He said, I use it all the time. That's what I just sub for ground beef or burgers or like uh-huh. any pasta sauce or tacos or anything. He said it tastes unbelievable too. Okay. He said, but it can't because the percentage of bone in it is too high. Like the FDA doesn't allow, if, I don't know what the percentage is, but this hits that threshold of too much bone in meat. So interesting so did did you get it i I haven't but i might grab some tomorrow and give it and give it a whirl so it's kind of like uh you were getting the milk you were getting the goat's milk for a while from the pet store right because they can't sell raw milk to humans or something in georgia it's not from the pet store that would be a little sketchy if i was walking (laughs) to the pet store but it it just uh i got that from the farmer's market or the the little grocery store beside our house but it just has to legally say pet food on it okay Um, and was it goat's milk yeah, everyone buys it just to drink themselves. But this one, so that just said pet food. This one has a photo of a dog on it. So it's a little <laughs> less appealing, but okay. I, I think I'm still going to give it a whirl. So you need to let me know if it's good because, like, how much bone, you know, like, I'd be interested if, like, you're like biting like bone fragments or if it's just like. Yeah, I guess I'll ask that tomorrow because the guy said he the guy eats it all yeah. the time. So. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know if I want crunch in my meat, but yeah, there, uh, there's, a, there's been times where I get the force of nature ground meat. And sometimes, you know, I've hit, I've bit bone in there. Um, oh, really? yeah. Cause I don't, I don't know if the, what the process is with the, it's more with the elk and venison. I've run into that problem. Never with the bison. Um, fortunately or unfortunately a grocery store right by my apartment has the force of nature now. So now I don't even need to like plan ahead and order it. Like I just, yeah, I've had venison steak for breakfast for the last like two and a half weeks. I just do steak and eggs now. Goodness. What, what grocery store is that? It's called, um, earth fair. It's like, do they have those in Georgia? We don't have earth fair. We have fresh markets, which I think are. Okay. It's probably the same thing. Yeah. They don't have quite that unique of stuff, but mm-hmm. it's, I think, level of, uh, level of grocery stores is similar. Like we, uh, when I lived in Oregon, there was a grocery store called New Seasons, and I would say it's, that's like, Earth Fair is kind of like an in-between between like Trader Joe's and Whole Foods, I feel like. Um, yeah, that's a good description. That, yeah, that's what I was saying. I feel like Caitlin's told me about the place y'all go to, or that one that you just described right there. Um, yeah, uh, probably market. Yeah, but you guys have a you guys have a way better farmers market than we do. Yeah, it keeps getting better too. It's uh, adding more meat companies. Mm-hmm. Like there's a guy who sells like duck, like that's awesome. Different, different pieces of duck, even duck prosciutto. Mm-hmm. Um, Will you ever snag that? I haven't. It's a little too pricey for me. But, <laughs> I was uh, doing I was doing duck liver for a while because we actually have a duck farm here. So okay, uh, um, we do have that, and duck liver is pretty good. Have you, that's good to know because beef livers t- t- just taste so bad. Like it's yeah, <laughs> so, so bad. That um, uh, chicken, chicken hearts are great. That's what, okay. There's a company that sells them. I've never, I've literally twice gotten to this stand that sells them and they usually only have like two packs of them. They go the person, so quickly. The person in front of me was buying them both times. Like it was, uh, and then I've kind of forgotten about it since that. So I, I might check that out tomorrow. Uh, I've had them skewered before at an Asian restaurant and they oh, were Oh, they're like, great. Really they're really amazing. Good. I had them. Um, that's like always a staple on the menu at day do in Austin. Um, so good. Um, but the only issue is when I get it and maybe I'm just bad. Maybe I'll ask Caitlin this. She would know because like when, when they give you the, the frozen package of like uh, chicken hearts, it's normally like a hundred hearts in this package. So I defrost it, but now I've got a hundred hearts defrosted. And if I like cook them all, like, you know what I mean? I've got X number of days to cook them. Do I re like, and like organs aren't the best really like in my experience to eat the next day. You know what I'm like, you know, I bet you're good for for 48 hours. I would just cook what you're going to eat and then maybe do it the next day as well. So that's not a bad idea. Cause I don't know Um, what, like what the, what the process looks like with like freezing versus refreezing. Um, I wish they would like be able to pack. Yeah. You could, you could open the package and try to just like break shit off and get some out with some stuff sometimes. Interesting. Do they have a, so they also do a duck bone broth at mine. Do they do that at the duck place for you guys? Um, I don't know. I'll have to take a closer look. Oh man, the ducks, the duck stuff's not bad. It's, it's just different variety. You know, it gives a something else to work with. Um, and yeah, duck, egg, little, duck eggs too. Yeah. It's a little, the meat's a little greasier than chicken, which I, I do like that. Yeah. It's definitely a little, it's definitely going to be much fattier. So it all depends on like, like, I know you like a lot of like, you like higher fatty things anyway. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's the, uh, 
it'd be good for you. Yeah, check out the duck one. They, I remember years ago when I went and stayed in Savannah before I even knew you, I wandered outside and found that farmer's market and that the bison stand was selling elk. Do they still sell elk there? I haven't seen them there in a while, so I don't know what they're... Uh, no. I know they... So from when you got it, the time yeah. you just described, it's changed hands since then for sure. Okay. And I don't know if they just kind of, it didn't work out or what, but uh, you can see that farm if you're headed south on 95. Like, Do they do tours there still? Because years ago, I always saw them oh, doing yeah. like, tours there. I don't, know. I, don't know if, I don't even know if it's still open. So uh-uh. it's like halfway between Savannah and Jacksonville. You'll just, if you look, if you're headed south and you look left, you might see a bison. <laughs> you might see a bison. <laughs> Interesting. I've, I always wanted to go on like a farm tour there and see them. Um, but clearly didn't follow through with that one. Yeah. I'd love to go on like a, a butchering process. Like I think, uh, to like, like see that Anthony Gustin seems like he's posted things like that before where he's like, so, I would like to watch that process. Like that sounds like it'd be pretty cool. So like, like field dressing you're talking about. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, Over, so I, so the Anthony's told me about this, the owner of day do, um, that restaurant in Austin, uh, they do like a, um, it, I'd call it like a, like a, a glamping retreat where like you, you go out, you go camping, but it's like hunting, but it's kind of, they show you how to do everything, you know, in terms of field dressing the animal, how to cook it, you know, you're out there for like five days or something. Um, and they, they bring like in the, the owner, Jesse is like a, a world renowned chef. He's been on a, he's been on meat eater like two or three times. And the things that he makes are freaking epic on the show. They, they look amazing. Nice. Um, yeah. And I've thought about doing like, like basically what you described and it's like a whole a thing that you can do for like five days. Uh, I'm looking into it for my dad's birthday next year. Cause he'll be 75 five days. Yeah. It's like four or five days or something. It's not, dude, it's not cheap either. It's like, I bet, six, yeah. it's like six or $7,000 a person. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I that better include food. No, it's, sure it does. Dude, it's like it's private. Amazing. Yeah, it's like private chef cooking for, you know, and they'll like field dress. They'll cook everything that you guys like uh, kill. Uh, wow. Yeah, I'm going to be worth it alone. Then. So, yeah, I thought I thought the experience would be cool to do that with my dad and then get my brother along, too. So like a a, a guy's trip. But, we, <laughs> but you need to know how to shoot a gun beforehand. They're not going to teach you how to do that ahead of time. So. I'm not um, good at that. No, no, nor am I. So I'd have some work to do. But uh, yeah, field dressing an animal. It's I think there's a there's a lot to it. Not like it's probably fucking hard. Yeah, I I can't even. I was about to like say some things I thought happened, but I don't even want to <laughs> attempt to summarize what a field dressing looks like. So. <laughs> I I watch a lot of meat eater. Uh, okay. I, yeah, I, I basically could do it, you know, between that and Joe Rogan talks about it a lot too on his podcast. So I feel like I've, I've got it down. He didn't you start. Probably, hunting. You probably have cell phone service there. Just get on YouTube if you need to. And you're like, okay. <laughs> you know, I'm, I dissected oh, a human okay. cadaver. It's like, it's like field dressing a human, you know, I could, it's more or less the same thing. There you go. <laughs> How's training been, buddy? Have you been training or is it just like, you're just trying to maintain right now? I've definitely been training. I, my current split now is I've rather than doing two push pool days in a week, okay. I do one push one pool. 
very bent arm focused stuff. And then I do one straight arm day and I found that's, and then I can, and then I've added a rest day in where I do like a shit ton of spinal waves, um, okay. various random stretching, a lot of 90, 90 position stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause I always work out in the morning and that, that rest day, I also will, that's a shorter workout. It's usually like 45 minutes and it allows me to do like 30 ish minutes of, either kind of me time on the computer or work stuff so uh it's a more like ease into the day like it's a recovery day it's kind of like it's like an extended morning routine is what it sounds like yeah totally okay and uh the straight arm day and even the bent arm like i feel like i'm making better progress on handstand push-up stuff and also the stalder press i'm definitely i've gotten over a little bit of a plateau on that so i think I, i think i was doing too much um I think I was doing too much because uh, my entire day I'm active. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. You're on your feet all, all day. It's, yeah. All that adding up, it was just, I couldn't do four upper body strength sessions oh, a week. It was just too much. Absolutely. I it's, still might be doing too much, honestly, but. Really? That's uh, you're. I gotta, you're, I, I, gotta I, learn the, I gotta learn the hard way first. So. I bet your, your like calorie expenditure on your feet is probably way beyond what you even think it is to be totally honest. Um, my watch my watch says what i it projects that i burn mm-hmm. i have no idea how accurate this is but it it's usually like anywhere between three and thirty five hundred whoo that's a that's a decent number right there to just be like uh at um at baseline because i remember i had i did an interview for the the podcast with um the nutritionist mike malloy who has a phd from dartmouth um, and he was talking about like a lot of the CrossFit athletes that he works with, if they're like shift worker, if they're like nurses or even Steph, cause Steph used to be on her feet at Lululemon all the time. Like oh, yeah. you have to bump up like the calories for them, like 10 to 1500 calories. Like, so another like a thousand calories minimum just to maintain. That's not even on top of all the training. Wow. Um, totally they're, yeah. They're on their feet that much. And like, you're probably even more active on your feet too. So it was definitely probably taking away from your recovery. Um, what's the straight arm work? Is it more focused on like press to handstand work? Or are you doing planche and lever work too? I do uh, banded, five banded lever holds. Okay. Five, five sets, 10 seconds, getting better at those for sure. Mm-hmm. And I pair that with just some kind of quick active pancake work. I find that to be okay, a really nice. good warm up for the stalder. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing I do is uh, seven eccentric to block taps, mm-hmm. stalders. Um, I find my form just gets shitty after seven. So seven okay. is the magic number right now. And then I do three by 30 seconds head in handstand holds. Okay. Um, and that's a challenge right now. Once that gets easy, I'll probably do some other something mm-hmm. else hand balancing oriented. Uh, and I pair that with a straight arm. I don't know what you'd call it, like a straight arm lat pull down yeah. on a cable machine. I'd call that so a pull down, like a straight arm pull down. Um, and that's it. Yeah, that's it. Nice. Was it I, I, an hour? I rest a lot. Yeah, ish. I rest a lot during that one, especially during the stalder stuff. So. Oh, I'm sure. Because like those stalders are like max fucking attempts. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like you're probably just so smoked after every attempt. Um, I probably rest for three ish minutes in between every, every rep easily. And you feel like you're, you're improving control on those and that sticking point. I'm improving the, 
the distance of the blocks. So okay. that's, I mean, the, it's slowly getting to a stall there. So have you, um, have you ever tried uh, banded Ken-centric stalders? Um, I haven't, and I'm trying to even picture where I could even set that up at. Uh, could you set that up under those, uh, like that uh, TRX setup? Oh, yeah. So you would you'd press up into a straddle, like a straddle L-sit, basically, right? So, yeah, so you would, you would start in a straddle L-sit on the floor, um, so I've got, a, I've got one or two athletes doing this right now. Um, and the one athlete that I'm thinking of right now, I think he has like a, I don't know what the terminology is for it. He's a climber. So I think he has like the, it's not the harness. So I'm going to fuck it up. The, the thing that they tie around their waist that kind of looks like underwear that has all the hooks on it. That's a harness. Okay. So he, he puts that on and then he has a band that just goes around one of the hooks and then he yeah. just has it attached to his pull-up bar. Um, and he'll, what's that? Yeah. It's a a great setup. setup. And honestly, like it's cause he, he's got stalled or eccentrics. Um, and it's just giving him enough band tension to be able to lift. And I don't even have him press all the way to the handstand. I just have him go from the stalled or L sit coming up to like, you know, the, the top of the handstand where the hips are still piked, uh, Mm -hmm. and then back down. But it's just enough assistance where I think it's, you know, he's getting that progressive overload um, in training it because it's a, it's a, that's a huge, like, that's an extremely difficult movement to go from, you know, eccentric and then just jumping. It's, it's, it's a massive jump. So if you can find creative ways, you know, in the past when I built up to it, I would do it on an elevated box. So like I'd be on like a 30 inch box. And use a little bit of momentum where from that stalled or L set, I would kind of, you know, build like I, I would kind of, I wouldn't press like slowly out of it. You know, I'd kind of use a little oomph to get going. Um, but the band, if you can like MacGyver set up a band. I yeah, think that's that, should, that uh, the, I can think of a, the, the place you just said, I, that, that should work for that. I should try that. And I'll probably do the block at least one or two more weeks and then maybe yeah. give that a go. Yeah, let, let me know how it goes and how you manage to set it up because um, I'd be interested because, you know, anytime you can just get a little help from the band, I think it's super beneficial. And just like like you probably have the stalder, but it's one of those things you're it's – it's a lot like the one-arm chin-up. Um, you know, I, I think you, – did you see Devin posted like he hadn't done a one-arm chin-up in like two years and then just did him out of the blue the other day? Um, and he said in it, he's like – your brain remembers the pattern if you've done it. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. So like for the stalder, you, you just need to experience the pattern and feel it out. So that's why I think the band is, um, super beneficial. And I think, I think you probably, um, you're probably way closer to the stalder than I think you realize. Cause you definitely have the mobility, um, and your press work looks great. It's just a matter of kind of understanding what it feels like in real time. And it's fucking weird. Yeah. I've done one once like two years ago. And <laughs> I like plateaued hard on it and I uh-huh. I got interested in other stuff and then I just I didn't get back to it quick enough. So I'll I'll get it this time though. I, I have faith in you. Get it before uh you think you'll get it before you guys go away for a month? Uh ooh, that would be a good goal to get. Um we'll see. Who knows? All right, All right the clock is running. Yeah, that's a great goal. Uh, so I actually got a couple of decent questions that we can we can spit out here. Okay, dope. Um, so the first one, 
first one was <laughs> so it's two parts first off who would win in a fight between you two and who's the better cook <laughs> i would i would have to i would hope you would win in a fight you have some sort of martial art you have, you have a thousand percent more martial arts training than i do so i would hope too honestly you know i, I spend a lot of time you know i get hurt a lot in it um but i would hope I'd hope I could at least um, bridge that gap. Um, in in terms of the cook, I don't know. You 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 have like a lot of. Um, I feel like you've probably learned a lot through osmosis through Caitlin. Totally. Yeah, I think I. Well, if you're getting, if you're the better fighter, I have to be the better cook. We'll you be the better cook. That. I will say that you guys have a gas stove, right? No, we have an electric. Do we, okay. we have a gas grill, but. Okay, because I was I was making the claim today to Steph. I was like, I'm getting pretty good at cooking steaks on a, an electric stove in the apartment. Like my, uh, I've become pretty competent where I get a nice crust and a nice sear. Oh, um, it's such a game changer when you get that right. Like it's yeah, it's so it's the crazy. thing is though, I I am very successful, <laughs> and you might have it differently, but I'm very successful with like chuck eye steaks or the venison medallion steaks from Force of Nature like mm -hmm. small steaks because what i do is i'll for the chuck eye for example I'll, I'll get it so the butter's brown i'll throw it on one side for literally if i'm going to cook it for six minutes i cook it on one side for five minutes and then i just flip it over and then cook the other side for like a minute but cooking it on five minutes on that one side gets it so brown and crispy um but i can do it with thin steaks with thick steaks in my apartment i think i would set off the fire alarm but like, cause it would need to sit for like 15 minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I cooked a thick ribeye the other day and it did take, it was at least 12 minutes. It might oh, I'm sure. More than that. And it's. Yeah. So you can smoke out your house. I can't smoke out my apartment. Oh yeah. You're in your, well, do you not have like a exhaust fan? So we have an exhaust fan, but still like that, that thing only does so much, oh, you know, and crack, crack a window. Dude, I've, I've got all the windows cracked, but you have to understand it's an apartment building. So those, I have like nine fire alarms in here. It's just like. It's it's probably they they need to have them all in here. It's probably like uh up to code or something. You know what I mean? Have you ever seen that that little like green Coleman grill I cook on sometimes? Yes, yes. You get one of those. They're like forty bucks, and they take these little tiny propane tanks that a four pack of them is like less than twenty bucks, like maybe twelve dollars. Uh huh. And one lasts a long time. And so, like, nice days, I'll just go grill. Like, you can throw an iron skillet on there. Like, you can do it on your back porch and just grill grill on the back porch. And boom, smoke it out wherever. So, I was. it's funny you say that because, actually, Anthony just sent me this the other day. Have you seen – so, it's called the – I pulled it up on my phone. The original PK Grill Smoker. Um, he just sent me this. It's like it a – Yeah, look it up. It's a grill smoker, and it, he cooks it like um, – I don't, it, I think it's what he's been posting on with, uh, like cooking over fire and everything with like, uh, I don't know what he's fucking cooking over. I'm not even going to pretend like I know. Um, he just posts the photos and I'm like, oh, that okay. looks really fucking cool. I want to cook my steak to make it look like that. But this grill is $500 and I think I like cook it over the pellets or wood. I don't know if he, if he, at the end of the day, like I'm, I would, if he recommended it, I wouldn't even like do any research on it and I would just buy it. Yeah. I'd sheer it, recommendation. The only thing I would like, like for me being a, kind of busy, it's charcoal. So you have to like mm -hmm. prep for that. You have to be like, all right, yeah. let's go light the charcoal. Wait. Okay. 
30 minutes and then go back and do it. Uh, I could see how that'd be problematic. But it does look sick. And this juicy piece of steak I'm looking at with the ad just looks awesome. So I need, <laughs> yeah, to, put my, I need to put my phone away before I hit add to cart. <laughs> <laughs> you, you buy a grill, Caitlin comes back. Um, I already have one. <laughs> uh, so here's another good one. Uh, the most frustrating skill movement position to unlock or that you're currently working on. What, what has been your like, uh, nemesis? Uh, I mean, we were just talking about it, probably stall their press and handstand push up there. And a lot of strength stuff. I just tend to like try to skip a step or I try to like rush it and yeah. I'm trying not to do that now. So, mm-hmm. um, I would say those two things. And those are the two that I, would really like to attain at some point. So I, w- I was able to do handstand pushups to the floor at one point, but mm-hmm. they were just so like I was getting good at my form, which was just a sloppy back being able to balance, but still be whipping my back to kind of get me up, do a little bit of a kip. So, yeah. I get what you're saying. That it, means- uh, I mean, it's still cool to do just, and you want it cooler. Yeah, it wasn't aesthetically pleasing to look at, nor was mm-hmm. it displaying as much strength as like a, a, a strict one would. So I get what you're saying. Um, I'd, love, I'd love to nail that down, get that nailed down. So I'd say for me, um, it's probably the lever, just because I've gotten like competent at handstand push-up, one-arm chin-up, uh, planche, but for whatever reason, the lever hasn't progressed the way I wanted it. But I really think it's to your, um, I've done the same thing you do, um, I try to maybe skip a step or, you know, I'm constantly trying so many different things for my clients that like with, especially with the lever and the planche, um, it's very monotonous. You know, you got to do the same thing over and over again if you really want to make progress, especially with that static, those static holds. Um, yes, you can do dynamic work for it, but still like it, uh, it takes a level of specialization I just have been impatient about. So that's why I think I haven't done it. But I'd say that that for me has been the most frustrating just because I still haven't done it. Yeah, you've gotten very close, though, from what I've seen. Yeah, it's, and, and I feel like when I get super close, I either try to skip ahead or then I change my mind, you know, and pivot in training. So it's just lack of consistency. Um, that's really what it's been. Uh, what else do we got here? What's another good one? This, this is a well-thought-out question. Uh, anything you've changed your mind on as you've advanced in knowledge and in practice? Like what, what have you changed your mind on since we first started doing the shift? Um, probably, I mean, let me keep thinking about this because I think I will come up with something else as well, but something that hits me right away is like the amount you need to train. Yes. Like I think I used to be pissed at myself if I couldn't get like two <laughs> 90 minute to two hour sessions in so three to four hours in like I would work out at work for 90 minutes to two hours come home Uh Caitlin and I would walk to another gym and do at least a solid at least at least an hour it was probably closer to 90 minutes there as well so and if I didn't get it in I would just get frustrated and be Uh like I you know but I really never I really never uh, didn't get it in. I'd always like, I'm making time for this. Like, yeah. And now that just seems like that was probably overkill. Like I think when you're working on some of the mobility work, the hand balancing stuff, it's, 
when you're fresh and new to it, you can kind of exhaust yourself a little bit and still make a lot of pro. You can make a ton of progress. Mm -hmm. But eventually, I mean, I think it just kind of gets, I don't know if it gets redundant and you get a little bored or it does get like, you just hit that plateau eventually. And I just find a less is more as long as you're being very intentional in those sessions, in those shorter sessions. Yeah, I was, I would say the same exact thing or to what you said. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, volume regulation, manipulation. Um, yeah, I, I went from, you know, six days a week doubles to, you know, I trained four days a week, um, you know, in my preferred splits, two upper body days and two lower body days. Um, whereas previously, previously it was like, you know, push pull legs, push pull legs, or, you know, doubles four days a week or something just you know, really backing off the volume and probably making more progress with that less volume. Um, there's nothing to say though, that, that insane amount we did in the beginning, maybe it catapulted us forward or gave us a little head start or got us there to the point yeah. quicker, you know, who knows? Um, but it, I don't think it's sustainable for any period of time. And then yeah, also, I, was, I was also just so psyched to train. I was like, well, yeah, Damn, I can't wait to train this afternoon too. Like it was, because <laughs> I think if you're in the beginning, like any sort of fitness endeavor, if you're really diligent about the approach and smart, yeah, you're going to make a ton of progress, noticeable progress, like very quickly. Like if you're just a, a skinny guy and you want to start working out, like you start bench pressing, like your bench press in the first six months could double. Yeah. And that just is like, hell yeah, let's keep going. Let's keep going. And I think it's kind of a similar, yeah, that similar positive feedback loop of I'm seeing progress week to week. Like I just want to keep, I can't break this habit, but yeah. And then honestly, like it was a, for both of us, it was a point in our lives where like we could do that. You know, it's not sustainable for a lot of the people we work with. Like I was, you were oh, like yeah. what mid twenties and I was late twenties, you know, I was al living alone, single in Boston with nothing else to do. Like, you know, like you it had was, the rings above your bed or something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I had the, I had the rings. And so a lot of the apartments in Boston, the ceilings are super high. Like I'm talking, you know, 15, 20 feet, 25 feet high, just absurd. Um, and I had a, a doorway arch or, a, a, I guess a doorway arch. I don't know. Um, and I had somebody come over and they're like, Oh, yep, this is a, this is a beam. You can drill right into it. So we just attached uh, we mounted rings in there and I, they were right in the doorway. So it was like freaking perfect. That's how, that's how dedicated I was. Cause yeah. I didn't want to walk, you know, in, in Boston in the, so the winter, I didn't want to walk. I was only at like a mile from the gym, but when it's five degrees out, you know, in the wind chill and everything. So a lot that's, of that's, that's 20 minutes. You could have been training 40 minutes round trip. So not only that, but it, that walk, I got to warm up for 40 minutes just to get back to like normal temperature before I'm going to do like planche work or handstand work. And fuck, yeah. imagine middle splits when it's minus 10 out. Ooh. Yikes. Some, some people read a book to fall asleep. Wes was maxing out on muscle ups just to put himself to sleep. <laughs> yeah, basically. Right. So yeah, it was, it was like the perfect time to do what you and I did, but I don't think it's yeah, I don't have the free time to be able to do that now either. It was, it really, for me too, like I had enough, I didn't work quite as late as I do now. Mm -hmm. I, 
was less busy doing online stuff as well. So it's mm -hmm. now it's like the thought of that, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I have to be very strategic in my training now. Like hey, you got to wake up early now just to get it done. How the hell would you yeah. ever get three hours in? I, uh, you can always make it work. Like people that make excuses, I'm like, you can make it work. <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess I don't want to downplay it, you know, because you know, where there's a will, there's a way, Yeah. Um, you know, and it's just a matter of, there's always a solution to every problem is kind of what I like to, uh, um, I like to say, so I, I'm with you on that one. Those are, I, I like those ones. Some of the, the other ones are meh, save them for another time. But th those, I felt like we could, uh, have a nice little discussion on it. Yeah. How's your uh, knee by the way? It's getting way better. Um, so I can squat to, so we're doing what's referred to as Anderson squats right now. So, I'm front squatting. So I lower the bar down to safety spotters or like safety arms. You know what I mean? So that you can't go. As, yeah. Yeah. Down. So like I yeah, can modulate, so I can modulate the depth and you know, like three weeks ago I was, I was doing like quarter squats. So like my thigh was at a 45 degree angle. Um, and the other day oh, wow. I did the other day I did, um, front squats where my thighs were parallel to the floor. So like, I'm, I'm not going below parallel where my cut, my hamstrings are covering my calves, but I'm at least at parallel now and it, it doesn't hurt. And honestly, front squats were harder starting from parallel from a dead stop with the bars, like on that safety thing, as opposed to going all the way down and getting a little oh. bit of bounce. Yeah, I uh, bet. So it's getting better. And like, I can, um, like I drilled today with someone and we were doing stuff where like, my legs and tangling around their leg and it didn't hurt. Like I wouldn't want to roll yet and be like forced to like step in like weird positions, nor, nor can I like, you, I think the test of knowing it will be like a hundred percent is when I can do an active hero. Cause you know, you're bringing, oh, your, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, you're, I bet you can find your, yeah. And that's how you, that was kind of the mechanism for the injury too, right? More, more or less. It was kind of that position. And then someone threw me to the side. Um, yeah. But just to have that full range of motion, I think, is the best indication. Um, but now the only time I would notice it is if I try to, like, bring my hamstring all the way to my calf um, hmm. in, an, in an active position. Passively, I can do it. So I'm, I'm moving in the right direction. So nice. um, it'll well, probably, I, probably be another month or so. Well, I forgot about the knee when we were talking about who would win in a fight. So maybe if I exploited that, I could actually win. <laughs> you, we, might have to go, we might have to go back and edit some of this, uh, this, this audio. Your long ass legs, you can kick me in my knee. There we go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. I think that's a good place to call it. Cool, perfect. All right, yeah. Uh, send us home here. Um, guys, oh, well, I found out if you're listening to this on Spotify, it's super easy to rate, uh, like give us a five-star review or whatever star you think we deserve. You just click on <laughs> near the top. There's a little star thing. Just click on that, rate it real quick. It takes two seconds. Um, super valuable for the podcast. If you could do that, uh, on the other platforms rate, if you're able to share when you're listening on, on IG, we'll definitely share it on our stories as well. And, uh, always, always, uh, if you guys have a topic you want us to discuss, Feel free to shoot Wes or I a message and we will, uh, we will discuss it. So thanks again for listening and until next time. Later, buddy.